it's more efficient to teach a skill set when it's required than if we teach it very early in someone's career. Hey, this is Captain Adam Morton with the Canadian Army Podcast, and this episode is going to be about some upcoming changes to the training system. There are two courses you're going to take as part of your Army career, one being the Basic Military Qualification Land, or BMQ Land, which is where soldiers learn to throw grenades, use machine guns, and a couple of other military skills, and the Army Junior Leadership Course, where you learn to take charge of small groups of soldiers to execute tasks. There's been some major changes in those courses recently, and to talk to us about them is Lieutenant Colonel Patrick Chartrain from the Combat Training Center in Gagetown. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Thank you very much, Adam. So perhaps you can explain to our listeners, what's your role in these changes in the training plan? So as the G7, uh, I'm responsible for everything that is uh, linked to standard for the training in the Army. So all the courses that we have, we need to make sure that when candidates uh, go through, they achieve a certain standard. So my job is to make sure that we maintain those standards in place throughout. Right. So as part of the CanForgen that was published, I was uh, I was supporting uh, Commander CTC in developing the requirements for uh, how those changes would be affected and what would be the impact of removing the BMQ LAN and the AGLC from our training streams. So when are these changes coming into effect? The CanForgen is already out. Uh, it was published on the 18th of May, and it's effective on the 21st of May. So it's already in effect. Now, maybe uh, just for the benefit of everybody listening, because, you know, it's the running joke that uh, sometimes a lot of these courses get renamed and people kind of lose track of which one is which. Can you describe what the BMQ land or basic military qualification land course is about? That course uh, is divided into two parts. There's the uh, there's the tactical skill sets, but also the the weapon training skill set. So as part of the tactical skill set, a soldier would see offensive operation, defensive operation. They would conduct a reconnaissance patrol, and they would have to show tactical field craft or tactical knowledge into a general army environment. They would also see some of the weapon skills. So we're looking at the support weapons, so the C9, the C6, uh, the grenades. M72, also some uh, mine awareness training. So this is the big pieces that you would see on BMQ LAN. And on, on AGLC, uh, you would put into a leadership position where you would actually conduct those operations. So again, offensive operation, defensive operation, conduct a rookie patrol. So I guess this is a really important question. Why are these changes being made? So there's a few reasons. So one of the main reasons is that it's training capacity. So some of the important resources that we have in our training system are our instructors, but also time. Considering that a lot of our instructors are coming uh, from the field force in order to instruct, there's always a balance required between individual training, collective training, and also operational requirements. And what we've seen with time is because of new technology, uh, for one reason, is a lot of our courses have increased in time. So this also increased the load on our instructors but it also increased the time that is required to actually uh, get soldiers qualified and be promoted. So by removing the BMQ line in the GLC, we can actually reduce uh, the time required to be promoted, but also we create some capacity for other critical courses. One of the example is that the Army will be running 12 uh, decentralized BMQs over the next year to support the Canadian Forces Leadership and Recruit School. And this is mostly due because of the, the pandemic. Uh, they had to reduce their production level due to the, uh, the health measures. So we need to do this because we have already had some of our DP1 courses that have been canceled during the last year 
just because we didn't have enough candidates to run those courses. So this is an additional course that we have taken over for this year. So another reason that we add is there's currently a discrepancy, uh, especially when we're looking at the purple trades. So purple trade is any trades that can be employed with a Army, Navy, or Air Force environment with their respective uniforms. So a trade, a purple trade with an Army uniform had to complete AGLC in order to be promoted for a Master Corporal, while the same trade uh, wearing a Air Force or a Navy uniform didn't have to do it. So the issue that we had now is that we had the same trade doing the same job, but one of them had to do additional training. And on the reverse side, we could have also someone that was in the Army or wearing an Army uniform, working their entire career on an, in a naval base, uh, never using the BMQ LAN or AGLC uh, skill set, but still needed to do those courses. So, you know, it was created some frustration where you know, you're doing the same job, but someone still needs to do more work in order to achieve the same level. And actually, it's worth mentioning for context, especially for people who don't necessarily understand the system, that in the military, in order to progress in your career, you have to execute gateway training. It's not just be around and be a good person or anything like that. It's actually you have to get a certain number of courses under your belt at each stage and sometimes specific courses in order to even be eligible for promotion. And one of the things that we're, we're talking about here is a shortage of certain people at certain rank levels to run these courses. And so without that, you can't run the courses and that becomes a big issue. No, exactly. And, uh, you know, this is what we refer to the missing medal. So the rank of Master Corporal all the way to Warrant Officers, you know, AGLC was creating an issue where you're trying to qualify these people to actually achieve those rank, but at the same time, you need those rank to actually teach this course because most of our training cadre are master corporal to warrants. So we're trying to make sure that, you know, the, the instructor resources, which like I mentioned, is one of the most important ones, can actually support all the training that we're trying to achieve. I'm sure that you've uh, kind of seen some buzz on the internet, you know, like people give feedback and they have, have opinions. Uh, and one of the big topics of conversation kind of floating around is the concept of soldier first and how that you know, maybe altering the training system maybe has an impact on non-combat trades that are uh, maybe getting a little bit less field time than they otherwise would. What would you say to people who express those concerns? So when we made the decision to remove those two courses, we knew there would be some impact and, you know, the exposure to some of the trades to field craft would be reduced. But uh, as part of the kind forging, uh, we made sure to leave some space in there for all the different cores to, to conduct their own analysis and to see if any of the training that was being uh, viewed or being conducted on those two courses, if there was any requirements for their own core, uh, they have the opportunity to actually amend their training and include some of the skill sets that were seen on these courses into their own training model. Were the different cores consulted as part of this development uh, initially? So yes, uh, so the commander of CTC uh, made sure to contact every core prior to making that decision to make sure that there was a proper understanding of the impact for every core and that there was some uh, understanding on our side or from from their part or where we were coming from and to make sure that it was not just a unilateral decision. I guess my next question is if you look at kind of in the past, we've made some changes to the training system. Uh, and a good example is some organizations have done the Delta packages for the infantry DP-1 as an example, where some of the weapons training that would normally take place on the infantry course got shifted to kind of a unit level responsibility. 
And I know some soldiers have kind of struggled to get those qualifications. Maybe there's some unit leadership that's kind of facing those challenges. What would be your advice to them with these upcoming changes? Well, I would say the first thing is to look at what is the required skill that a soldier needs on day one on the job. When that person arrives to a unit, does that person need that skill? So if we take the grenade as an example, does a cook need to know how to throw grenades when he arrives at his or her unit? So if the answer is no, then maybe we can postpone that training to a later time in their career. If the answer is yes, then you know there's nothing that prevents the chain of command or the unit to actually provide that training to that soldier. It's more efficient to teach a skill set when it's required than if we teach it very early in someone's career and that person never gets a chance to actually practice that skill set over a year. And then when required, we expect that person is just going to have the skills again to accomplish that. So chances are someone who have grenade training but has never conducted that training in several years, we would still have to go through the same motion and conduct the whole training from scratch just to get them up to par to make sure that they're safe on the range. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that too, because I was actually having a conversation about this yesterday with uh, a sergeant, and uh, we were kind of discussing experiences where we've seen people perhaps struggle with skill sets that they're not familiar with. But in a lot of cases, you know, those skill sets get worked on in perhaps a pre deployment environment or something like that. And as long as, you know, there's sufficient pre deployment training time, you can hone those pretty well, assuming that you have the resources in place to make sure that that's all good to go. As an example, convoy escort or base defense for Afghanistan. No, and that's exactly the point of one of the reasons why we removed these courses is that by focusing the training on when a soldier actually needs it, it's actually more relevant to the job that they expected to do. So like you mentioned, during the, the road to high readiness or theater-specific mission training, you know, if we expect that person to require weapon knowledge, then you know, it would be the best time to actually teach that training during that time frame. So the training can actually be adjusted to the actual tasks. So the example that you mentioned is uh, convoy ops. Uh, then instead of doing an offensive operation, similar to an infantier on BMQ LAN or to lead an AC attack on AGLC, then that person may be put in charge of leading a, a convoy escort, which is closer to what is expected of that person in the theater. Training requires a lot of resources. Anybody who's been on a course or something like that knows that it requires an incredible amount of resources, usually tons of vehicles, personnel, equipment. And we've made adjustments to the system as a result of, uh, you know, the challenge, especially with COVID slowing training down. Are we expecting similar changes to take place within the officer corps? Not at this time, for sure. Uh, we're always looking at how we can evolve our training system. But I think the most important right now is to focus on, on the impact of BMQ line and EGLC and their removal and to make sure that all the, the pieces are in place to account for all the second and third order effects that this will create. And once we see the final impact and how it looks like, uh, maybe we can start looking at other training options. But at this time, I don't think we're ready to, to look at, uh, at this on the officer side. So you're talking about sitting back and looking at what the impacts are and then testing and adjusting as we often do. That's kind of a, a thing that we do within the organization. Um, what's the rough timeline to kind of keep an eye on this and see what's going before we, we move forward? 
Well, one of the first uh, key timeline is uh, this fall. So we're looking at September. This is when uh, some of the cores that have been directed to actually continue the BMQ line and the GLC uh, training, at least to merge it, to actually have a transition plan. So we're looking at the gunners, the armored, and the combat engineers. So their core have been directed that AGLC and BMQ line skill sets are still required. So however, they've been told to merge BMQ line into their own respective uh, DP1 training and to look at options on merging AGLC on their DP2 stream. So this is ongoing right now, the, the actual analysis, and there's already some pilots being run to see how some of the savings could look like. We should expect some BMQ line and AGLC to keep running over the summer at least, and maybe uh, during the fall. Uh, until the transition plan is actually ready and we can actually start implementing. So that's the first key timeline. After that, we didn't set a another timeline to see where or how much time we would take to actually assess. Uh, I think as we're moving forward, we may see some adjustment that will be required. Uh, some of our prerequisite or some of our courses add AGLC and BMQ land as prerequisites. So we need to make sure that all our publication and our training standards are adjusted to make sure that we no longer uh, see these requirements prior to being loaded on courses. So once all those steps are done, then we can start looking at how we can continue adjusting our training system. You mentioned something that I thought was actually quite interesting, which is, and for people who don't necessarily know, generally within the training system, you have kind of the leadership combat training side. And then for some trades, it's a combat arms trade specifically, you have that focus. But for other trades, like for example, a cook will learn cook things, and then they'll have other training that will teach them baseline combat skills. And so just to make sure I understand correctly, what you're saying is that some of those courses may incorporate sections of the training that's being adjusted to kind of reinforce those skills. Is that correct? Yes. So like I mentioned, so the armored core, the engineer, uh, combat engineer core, and the gunner's core, or artillery core. So this is already ongoing. Once this is done, they need to brief Commander CTC on this. All the other cores that are in the Army, uh, they're still authorized to conduct their own analysis. And if they deem that they need to add training or add field time to some of their existing courses, they need to discuss this with Commander CTC. For the non-Army cores, so medical or logistic, uh, for example, if if they deem that they need to add some of the training that was part of BMQ line or GLC, there's nothing that prevents them from actually doing that. They need to conduct their own analysis. And based on that, uh, they need to determine what elements of those courses could be incorporated if they need it into their own courses. And also, more, more importantly, when it would be incorporated into their uh, progression stream. Now... As we all know, the training system is a living, breathing creature, and people are at various stages going through it. And, you know, particularly in uh, some of the courses that are broken down into modules, sometimes people are, you know, 50% through a course or, or whatever. And in the case of these changes, some people may now be in a position that they meet some of the prerequisites for promotion or advancement that previously, before these changes, they wouldn't. Surely some people are listening is like, do I get promoted now? Or so what's the plan there? So obviously, so AGLC uh, was a prerequisite for promotion to Master Corporal in the army. Uh, so with the removal of AGLC, obviously this prerequisite is no longer there. So however, before we say that everyone is promotable, each core have their own promotion boards and they all have their own prerequisite for promotion. So these requirements still needs to be met. 
all the cores are different, so they still need to finish this. However, for the actual training in terms of AGLC, now soldiers who have uh, completed the PLQ Mod 3 should be eligible for promotion, like I mentioned, according to their core. So that's pretty good news for some of the people that are listening. (laughs) As we all know, when it comes to change, people have a lot of comments and a lot of feedback and a lot of things to say. Have you noticed anything specific floating around that kind of people are bringing up? I know there has been some concern that was raised on the impact, uh, especially for the armor, the gunners, and the combat engineer on where they would uh, get the uh, field exposure or the basic skill sets uh, that were being taught into BMQ land and AGLC. So, and I know some of the concerns were, are they just going to take BMQ land and put it into the engineer course and now the DP1 engineer is going to be longer. So the analysis is ongoing right now, but the intent is not to just take the course as is and put them together into another course. Some of the analysis that they're looking at is actually uh, looking at how they can save some training days and while maintaining some of the field craft. So if we're looking at the engineer uh, core, so on BMQ land, there was some uh, mine and explosive awareness training. And I know on their DP1 and very early in their career, they do go over some of the, this material and even in more extensive details than what they were seeing on BMQ land. So this is obviously some type of training that would not need to be transferred later on in, in their career. So there would be some saving and training for this. Another example uh, or concern is that where are the soldiers going to get other basic field craft uh, in terms of offensive and defensive operation? So on BMQ land, right now they're being taught uh, defensive operation, but the way an infantier uh, would do it. So, you know, the basic uh, defensive position that we've all seen. You know, some of the analysis could lead us to see uh, that instead of going over a defensive position, a gunner would actually go over the defensive position of a gun line. So the basic skill sets on how to dig a trench would still be there, but how the gun line is being managed and how they're defending it would be different and would be more more relatable to their actual trade. Yeah, and surely that's a big challenge too because you want to, on the one hand, everybody wants to know what everybody else is doing so you can work together in like that teamwork environment that uh, we all love so much in the Army. But at the other, on the other hand, you kind of know want to know what your job is. <laughs> you know, that's really important too. No, exactly. So, you know, one thing that we may see with from this change is soldiers will get earlier exposure to their actual trade. Sir, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about it. And uh, I know that uh, people have uh, strong opinions on change sometimes. So thank you for addressing a lot of that stuff. Well, thank you very much. It was my pleasure to, uh, to be here. So that was Lieutenant Colonel Patrick Chartrain of the Combat Training Center in Gagetown. If you want to know more about the changes that are coming up, take a look at Can4Gen 7221. It's got all the details. If you don't know how to find it, talk to your chain of command and they'll help you out. Once again, public safety announcement. I love riding motorcycles. You guys love riding motorcycles. We need to be safe out there. So wear all the gear all the time so we can come back to our loved ones and do the stuff that we love doing. If you don't ride, watch out for those that do. I'm Captain Adam Morton for the Canadian Army Podcast. Orton out. <laughs>